Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> well, cheers. Cheers. Happy 50th, my friend. Happy 50th. Um, here's to at least 50 more. We're going to be doing this till they stop making musical theater. My God, can you imagine? I don't know what I do. And even then, though, we'll still got a huge back catalogue, so... Do you think we'll ever catch up? What, to musical? <laughs> <laughs> what, as in, like, we've done them all? Was well, in, like, you know, we, we joke around about, like, when we're going to reach the, you know... Um, the scraping like... of the barrel. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I've, I've got a list here. Subways of... are for sleeping. Seven. Yeah. There's seven more musicals. There's we at can least do. six. At least <laughs> six, actually. Um, so this this lists about fourteen hundred, but I have a feeling there's many, many more. So, but call it and four, also it takes us mm. two years to get through fifty, so twenty five ish a year. Yep, but yeah, also 50, we've 50, been more consistent. More years in this That's fine. So what age will I be? About 86. Yeah, that's doable. That's totally no. doable. 86. Welcome to German Tomics. Where am I? It's time we're going to talk about that old favorite, <laughs> dear Evan Hansen. This has been <laughs> a popular choice for a while now. I, I like that your old man impression is also <laughs> a Southern American. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's how everyone sounds, though, when they get to yeah, that age. That old yeah, age. I'm pretty sure. Are you going um, to move to Georgia when you retire? Open up, oh, I would love that. Open a plantation? I don't think you would. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> You can always depend on the kindness of strangers. What's that from? I don't even um, know. Is that Streetcar? It's either Streetcar or Glass Menagerie. It's in that, like, <coughs> bucket of plays I had to read in college bucket. Yeah. Because I think it is Streetcar. And the, again, the only reason I know that, classic Jim and Tomic troll. Wait, wait, let me guess. You saw it on The Simpsons. You can always depend on the kindness of strangers to pack up your troubles and keep you from danger. Now here's a little thing you won't regret. A stranger's just a friend you haven't met. You haven't met. Streetcar. What if our 50th episode, we don't talk about a musical, it's just us babbling to each I know, it's like, sorry guys. We can like, do that. Oh what? no! We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. So, interestingly enough, we've had a couple of emails recently um, from people who have been asking how they can support the show um, and, and help us out a bit financially. So, we have decided to start up a Patreon? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> um, no, we have. That's a decision. Yeah. Patreon. Downbeat. Um... Now, obviously, like, the zero pressure here is just some people have said that there's something they want to do. Um, the best satisfaction and the best gift you can give us is to listen to Please. the podcast. Yes. And you're doing a really good job of that so far. So a plus so don't, far. Don't change that. Um, yep. Um, but if it is something you're interested in, then if you hop on over to patreon.com slash jimandtomic, uh, you'll find us over there. Um and as an extra special 50th treat, hey, if you want to stick around at the end of this podcast, um, you'll maybe hear something 
brand spanking new we're trying something new we're being daring question mark dun, dun, dun. we are you'll have to find out you gotta listen we... to us babble about the musical for several hours before that happens yes indeed or i guess <laughs> it's just on your phone you could skip ahead right now but don't do that yeah, that's I mean, no could... fun exactly we know you won't we know you love the babbling <laughs> and here's our secret no <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, shut up, Tommy. On with the show. On with the show. Will somebody get us another drink? A very special welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with box steps and birthday cake vodka. Woo! Why is the it birthday, vodka why is is it birthday cake vodka? Jim. Because it's our birthday, or what did you say, Anna Anna Birthery? Anna Birthery, birthday. Anna Birthery, yeah, it is our fiftieth happy hour. I we can't believe that. That's amazing. We've talked so much. <laughs> By the way, yeah, we've talked for a lot of hours. Yeah, and people have listened to that, and thank you, everyone, for keeping Absolutely. us in keeping us in your ear holes. Um, this birthday cake vodka shot is for you. Good job. Well it wasn't birth cake vodka. I could not do it without a vodka shot. <laughs> we would, oh my we wouldn't goodness. make it. We wouldn't make it through the podcast. I would bar. Uh, speaking of Jimmy, what are you drinking today? Well, today, Thomas, mm. I am drinking um, milk straight from the udder of a cow. Ooh. Mm. Oh, there's a little bit of hair in there. That's a bit disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> a weird sort of. Blood-like irony aftertaste. This is hmm. a, a strange little uh, improvisational scene you're doing there. <laughs> so, that, are you trying this out for the fringe? Is this going to be your one-man show? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drinking. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd go see it. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Always supportive. <laughs> what? What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking wine that is close to the family. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Did you just search for any like liquid sort of No, I've reference I've been preparing whole... that joke for fifty episodes, Jimmy. Well done. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud pi- of you. The pinnacle of my comedy. It's all downhill yeah. from here. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> oh God. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um well, what could we possibly be talking about after that cryptic nonsense? What what could it be? Our listeners know now is the point where you read the quiz question. <laughs> they do. They do indeed. And a few people got this one. So people have been watching Side by Side with Zooms and Blackwell. Um, so the Tony Award winning leading actress in this show, who we've, I was going to say met. I'm going to put that in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seen and stopped in her tracks and kind of looked at each other desperately. Um <laughs> Well, she auditioned for the show with a ballad, Tommy. Yes, uh, she The did. ballad was, What Did I Have That I Don't Have? From On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. Um, and when asked if she had an up-tempo, she said, No, but I can sing this one five times faster. And so she did and got the part. What show? Jimmy, I'm so excited. It's Into the Woods. Once upon a time... In a far-off kingdom, more than anything, lived a fair maiden, a sad young lad, and a childless baker. More than life, I wish, with his more wife. More than anything, more than the moon. I wish the king is giving a festival. More than life, I wish, I wish to go to the festival. More than riches, I wish my cow would give us some milk. More than anything, I wish we had a child. 
Here we are, Tommy. We're uh, in the woods at man, last. I think if you add it up already, and we're you know adding into that bucket, the like pure amount of time I've spent talking on the internet about this show. Oh my gosh! It's the top. Of, well, it's the top of the bar graph. This was your first video. This was my very first. This was the idea that started Musical Theater Mash. Oh was my god! Minute ish into the woods, and the crazy thing about that was usually with the minute ishes after that i had to like mm-hmm. rewatch them and like think through them the end of the mm-hmm. woods one i like wrote in six it. minutes like it was there yeah just boom done and you know i've crunch. i've rewatched it a couple times and mm-hmm. a lot of my old videos don't hold up but that one i'm still pretty proud of that's good as you should be <laughs> i'm proud of my first one you Even should put, i wrote it in my very first evening put so. it put it in put it in the show notes Absolutely. Our, it'll be a birthday anniversary gift. Oh, how cute. <laughs> how cute. Just a really self-indulgent gift. Mm. Um, by the way, so obviously the actress we were talking about previously just there was naturally Tony winning Joanna Gleason. Which, so Jimmy and I, when we met in real life for the first time, going to see mm-hmm. mm, Pour One Out, Natasha Pierre and oh, the Comet of 1812. Um, all over this mic. After our amazingly crazy night in New York and seeing each other and mm-hmm. going through and watching this beautiful show that we knew so many things about, we leave the theater mm-hmm. and we're walking back to our Airbnb and Jimmy like tugs on my sleeve and I'm like, what's happening? And he has this like look on his face and he's looking forward. And in front of us is this tall, dark figure wearing, <sighs> in my mind, the most beautiful cloak in the world. It was and as if she's just like put on Pierre's cloak and then yeah. walked out into the New York street. And That's she w- was, like. was just floating there. And he was, and Jimmy was like, do you know who that is? And I like couldn't quite see. And mm-hmm. he was trying not to intrude. And he was like, That's Joanna Gleason. Yeah, it was just like that. You know that moment where you're like, it just still. I couldn't. You couldn't move. Yeah. And we'd also seen Leslie Margarita and Lindsay Mendez that night because everyone was out seeing the show. Um, Everyone was out seeing the show. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, New York. Well done. Yeah. Crazy. You do it again, kids. We didn't say anything. Of course, we did the we did the thing where you do nothing when you see a famous (laughs) person. You just freeze. It's like seeing a bear. I don't know know if that's the appropriate reaction to seeing a bear, but it feels Uh like it is. Yeah, well, no, apparently, apparently bears, you make noise. I think yeah, if, bears big and noise, that's what you want. You know the number one rule with Joanna Gleason is if you don't bother her, she won't bother you. Exactly. You will be <laughs> safe. Um, so, Into the Woods, as if it needs a preface. Um, anyway, musical lyrics by that old chestnut, Mr. Stephen Sondheim. I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and the book by Mr. James Lapine. Mm-hmm. Um, premiered in 1987 on Broadway with some out-of-town tryouts before that. Um, mm-hmm. Had 10 Tony nominations and only won three. Do you know why it only won three, Jimmy? Because, because of Phantom like of the, the Opera. <laughs> um, yes. I know. Silly Phantom. Ugh. The 80s were weird, though, Tommy. People just weren't. They didn't no, have their heads. the 80s were fine. Andrew Lloyd Webber was weird. Anyway, that's another <laughs> podcast. Um, Never mind. Anyway. Oh! <laughs> Oh, the moments. Anyway, yes. So it then had an extremely long-lived life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where it went on a really good tour, like a really successful tour yeah. around the States. It opened up in the West End in 1990. Um, it was then revived in the West End. Interesting, I always find that it was revived first in the West End. I feel like yeah. that never happens. Um, and it wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was revived with Vanessa Williams in, yes, 2002? in 2002 and then had a recent um, revival in 2010 in the West End. And is that mm-hmm. the, the outdoor one? That is the Regent's Park open air production, which ah. then I think crossed across the pond. And they did to a Central, Central Park? Park production, um, yeah. which I guess is unclear whether that counts as a Broadway revival or not, but it's still I fantastic. I actually don't know if Regent's Park is counted as a West End theater. Yeah, hmm. that's a good question. I, I bet know. you both, neither of them are, because you don't hear of the Central Park being nominated for Tonys, which is usually the Broadway delineator. Like, oh, oh, no, it does get nominated for Olivier's, but Olivier's probably different. Yeah. Who knows? Some anyway, of them and um, then, of course, the 2014 Disney yes. film adaptation. We were treated to a film of Into the Woods. Which is crazy. And, um, <sighs> you know, I, have, I babble about it for, like, 40 hours in another YouTube video. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> as so many people do, there's lots of opinions about that film. Yeah. Um, but right, what on earth is Into the Woods? Does anyone know? <laughs> the, into, the, into the Woods, Act 1 is all of your favorite fairy tales and how they all took place at the same time. And yep. Act 2 is after Happily Ever After where everything goes wrong. That's how I describe Into the Woods to people. I've got it down yeah. to like two sentences. That's good. That's very, very good. That's the like show run by Um Yeah, exactly. And there's some new stories in there um, of, of the baker and his wife um, who were just created for the show. And yeah, it's about getting your happily ever after and then kind of facing the consequences yeah. um, as, to, as to how you got there. Yeah, that's, a, that's um, a good way to put it. It's also, I would say, the base underlying content of Into the Woods that everyone seems to blow right past because it's so simple mm-hmm. is that in your life, you must go into the woods. You must yes. do something dangerous or scary or that you don't want to do to get the thing that you want. And I would say the moral of it is, even if you do that and get the thing that you want, no one's story ends in book covers. And so Mm -hmm. life continues with journeys into the woods. And sometimes that ends well, and sometimes that ends poorly, and sometimes it's unfair which way it ends. Yeah, and you will always go back into the woods forever and ever and ever. Um, Yeah, okay. This is going to be a long podcast, by the way, just to let you know. I think we say that, we don't even muster watch. 50 minutes. Yeah, watch it, it'll be like 20 minutes. Like, oh, yeah, and well, that's that's it. Into the woods. Yeah. See you next week. Because, like, I weirdly feel with this podcast, even though it's Into the Woods and I've co-directed it and, you know, I've been listening to it for centuries, um, I feel weirdly unprepared because I'm it, like, I just don't know what the hell. Do you I, know I, what I mean? I feel a lot of low-level pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I hate that. Yeah. I hate pressure. I hate musical theater pressure. Yeah. That's something that definitely exists. See when this is like your bids, mm-hmm. people expect things. Yeah. I'm not, you know. And like, but, we're, we're still just two blokes on the internet, but. Oh, bloke. Great use of bloke. Thank you. I'm trying to pick up, you use so much American vernacular, I'm trying to pick uh-huh. up a little more. I figure well, 50 I'm episodes really a- in. Yeah, I really I'll get one more that. in the next 50 episodes. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I'll start Perfect. talking about something that's twee. Anyway, let's get Excellent. into it. 
When you're way up high and you're on your own In a world like none that you've ever known Where the sky is lead and the earth is stone You're free to do whatever pleases you Exploring things you'd never dare Cause you don't care when suddenly there's a big, tall, terrible giant At the door A big, tall, terrible lady giant sweeping the floor And she gives you food and she gives you rest And she draws you close to her giant breast And you know things now that you never knew before Not till the sky Only just when you've made a friend and all and you know Okay, so on our on our journey through the woods um Let's let's get right into the meat of it, mm-hmm. um, and and talk about. I guess you know. Every time we do a song time, I feel like I always say this, but is it some of his best writing? Probably. I mean, I think you know. I I don't pick favorites. Um, mm-hmm. Into the woods is very high up there on my song time yeah. list. Yeah, um, and it's, I do. You not feel like it's just a bit of a staple? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, Woods. It's the one that you it's, would be like, oh, well, God, yeah, of course, Woods. It's so solid. And I do think one of the, the, the big reasons it is, and we don't, we're, you know, we're musical theater people, but we're not terribly music people, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not that we don't know music, not that we don't do music, but we often have other things to talk about. Um, yeah. But especially with Into the Woods, the thing to look at, one of the things to look at, especially if you love it, are... Sondheim's use of theme throughout. And I do yeah. think, yeah, I think I'd say that. Into the Woods is Sondheim's best use of character and story theme and motif in his corpus. Yeah, I, well, yeah, yeah, I would, I would 100% agree. Yeah. But I think as well, just because it's such a, um ensemble mm-hmm. cast, yeah. there's so many opportunities to yeah. use leitmotif and to yeah. dot it around. I've already heard three people in my head tell me that that isn't the case and yeah. that it's not his best. But that's I would agree with you. Because yeah. I, I can pick them out very easily. Yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? I mean, if it's not his best, it's certainly his most accessible. Um, exactly. And so, like, you can go through, you know, there are easy ones, like the cow theme. Bum, yes. Bottom, bump, bottom, bump. Bottom, which happens certainly during the milking scene, but also happens when Jack is or when Jack's mother is singing about selling the cow. Um, yeah. It happens. The prince. The prince And then, of course, I think the one. If you're going to write your mini thesis about this, you got to follow the bean theme throughout this show. The bean theme. Yes. Can you give us a rendition of the bean theme? You know the bean theme for when from when. It is most exposed when the baker gives Jack five beans, saving one for himself. And it goes, bump, yeah. bump, 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 bump. Or during my high school production, where the second percussionist was maybe not <laughs> no. the most musically inclined, it went, bump, 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 <laughs> bump, bump. And I'm Jack staring at the baker, both trying not to laugh because I'm selling my... Oh, God, it was a travesty. But <laughs> no. 
That's so upsetting. They weren't magic beans, those ones. No, those, were, those were the, the dud beans. Um, <coughs> but so you Imagine hear... if they just then followed that theme throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> instead of like... Dee, 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 dee. It was just like... Dee, 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 dee. I think that, that would, would be, be fun, funny. like improv musical theme. Whatever, whatever the, the xylophonist decides right there, that's it. It makes sense. Um, but but yeah, you, it's... You yeah. hear it everywhere. Everywhere. You really do. You really, really do. It, almost anything to do with the witch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, what I kind of put it to, uh-huh. right, or like make it akin to, is the ring in the Lord of Rings. Yeah, that's a good... Because it, it is... The, the beans are the MacGuffin in this show, right? We start with the yes. cow's white, the milk, the cape is red, the blood, the hair is yellow, the corn, the slippers is pure as gold. But they're done by Act 1. But exactly. the beans spur... They, you know, the beans put linger. the witch in her place, which is what starts the story. Like, yes. The, the beans are important. Yeah, they exist before the action of the play, during the action of the play... And hey, we know that they will exist after the action yeah. of the play. Yeah. And into the woods too, they'll find a bean and everything yeah. will go wrong. Do you know and what like, I mean? you know, we were joking earlier about how much we've listened to this show. I've been listening to it in the car a bunch just to prep for this. And there are yeah. still times where I'm like, oh, there's the bean theme. I there didn't notice that one. Like yeah. the one you just did, the 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 terror theme, the That's really obvious. Never struck me. Yep. Things like um, the beginning of I guess this is goodbye, old friend. And then fantastically, all of your fault is the bean theme. Yeah. In different inversions and different, you know, rearrangements. It's which is of course the perfect place for the bean theme to come to a head because it's exactly. all about the beans. It's literally like the bean number. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's like if if um, they made a good musical of Lord of the Rings, um, they <laughs> would have like a ring. You know, it'd be like that. Yeah. It'd be it'd be a similar similar yeah. kind of <clears throat> thing. Um, and it is. Just, I love though that it is just infused because you never you never get you never forget about the beans, and you're right. never supposed to forget about the beans yeah. because they're so integral. Yeah, like what a strange thing that they're so integral to this. whole whole show yeah if the beans weren't involved nothing in this yeah. show would happen yeah well and it, it's such a dense and you know, <clears throat> it's a it's an ensemble show everyone has an important part and it's all about the interplay and so nothing is extra and not in the millennial sense of extra but in the actual <laughs> yes. sense of extra um but they they try and trick you like in the yeah. beginning where it's like you know uh, I found these beans. Oh, we'll take them with us. Um, you know, five beans in exchange for my cow. You'll be lucky enough to exchange her for a sack of beans. beans. Like, yep. seems like silly throwaway stuff. And then when Cinderella gets the bean and is like, oh, this is silly. Brink. Like, and you, if you've never seen the show, you think nothing of it until it becomes yep. a problem. Exactly. And it is, it's one of those moments as well, you like, you think back and you're like, oh my god, yes! She did throw away the bean! <gasps> that yeah. caused everything! Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's really, really cool. I, to me, that's one of the exciting things about this show. And it happens with the beans and happens with the story. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, with a show like this, save for the baker and his wife, you know all of the stories beforehand. 
Um, and they take advantage of this all the time. Like even in the, you know, the massively multiplayer prologue, um, Mm -hmm. the narrator is, you know, says, but the witch refused to tell him any more of his sister, not even that her name was Rapunzel. And immediately you've built Rapunzel. Oh, it's Rapunzel. Of course it's Rapunzel. I've seen all these fairy tale characters. We're going to meet Rapunzel later. She's going to be up in a tower with hair. Like I got it. And that's the witch. It's Rapunzel's witch. And like, They they play on these jokes all the way through. Exactly. Um, yeah, and as, as well, I think that was one of the interesting things that Sondheim uh, kind of had to use dramaturgically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talks about this quite a lot in um, finishing the... Oh, no, Look, I Made a... Look, I Made a, the pink um, one. Yeah, see, I don't have the colors, Tommy. Remember, uh, I just have to rely on the I know. title. That's all right. I'll give um, you. I'll send you little stickers. You can put them on the front. Thank you, just pink and blue. Um, but he talks about this quite a lot, where um, a lot of the changes from San Diego to Broadway, or even just from writing to San Diego, mm-hmm. um, where him being like, er, "I'm just telling the story." Do you know what I mean? We yeah. do, people know people know this story. And he briefly talks about this. And actually, there's a really interesting book called Into the Woods, mm-hmm. um, which is a book about stories. Oh, okay. um, And it's, it's, it's actually for um, people who write screenplays. Okay. Um, I read it uh, because... For As a writing mistake? stage plays. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, the book, the novel version, <laughs> the novelization. Um, it's probably up there somewhere. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so I read it for that. Um, but basically, yeah, it's just about um, kind of storytelling, where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many people talk about, oh, this is how you write a story. There's these seven points that you need to hit, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. And it kind of throws that all out the window and it looks to the root of the thing, mm-hmm. um, which uh, Sondi kind of talks about, about the fact that, you know, in some ways, these stories are like epigenetic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not just an American thing. It's not just a British thing. They have the same stories in ancient China. They have the yeah. same stories in Africa. Um, like, it's everywhere. Yeah. This, these ideas are everywhere. Um, so he really doesn't need to spend time telling these stories to an audience because right. you get it. Yeah. Um, it, it's so much a commentary on <coughs> the idea of telling these stories you know the fact that at the end of every day every character comes out and has here is my moral for the day and here is my moral for the day and like that is a whole we're saying a lot about the idea of telling the story and then you intertwine that with the baker and baker's wife through line of you know children and careful the things you say children will listen and yep. storytelling as a diegetic moral giving kind of form yeah it's it blends together in a really fascinating and like harmonious way yeah and like as well what um the fact that we know these things mm-hmm. it means that we can actually get to the root of the the, the thing and yeah. think about why are these characters doing things you know yeah. what are the choices yeah. that they're making um you're not just you're not just thinking about oh you know jack went up the beanstalk oh and then he ran away stole some things and climbed down and chopped you're thinking about why did he do that what did mm-hmm. he get from that yeah why did cinderella keep running away um 
And actually, again, really, really interesting. I didn't know this. I've never read like a translation of the Grimm's fairy mm-hmm. tales. The Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so apparently uh, it's just a Disney thing that the the whole kind of midnight yeah. happens. And yeah. it's like the stroke of midnight turns into a pumpkin or whatever. Um, it, in the original Grimm's Brothers, she actually just can't decide whether she wants to live at home mm-hmm. still and, and, or whether she wants to elevate herself to that to that stage. So I'm like, that's the story I want to read. Yeah. I mean, I want to find that human decision, not this fantasy thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's what that's what they've chosen to tell. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what... Ch- it's, it's so interesting the stuff they don't actually specify in the musical uh-huh. Into the Woods. Because it's not... Cinderella doesn't need to be home by midnight. We have this big, like, you know, there's so many midnights and we talk about midnights and we use the word midnight to actually mean day and, like, yeah. how many days it takes. But she just happens to be running. But because we have these established tropes and established fairy tale stories and we're like, oh, yeah, she's running because, you know... Because midnight. Yeah. You gotta, gotta she's gonna turn into a pumpkin and home before though, dark. Like, yeah, exactly. She gets given a dress. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, not, exactly. She's not turned into a princess magically. Yeah, um, yeah. It's. It, I just find that really, really interesting. Um, yeah, there's, there's. I mean, it's one of those we could, we could do a whole podcast on, you know, this line or yeah. <laughs> this yeah. musical theme. Well, we could be here for forever. I just the the simplicity of the cow is white as milk, the cape is red as blood. The hair is yellow as corn. The slipper is pure as gold. Number one, that sounds straight out of a fairy tale. It's not. James Lapine and Stephen Sondheim wrote it. But two, the first time you hear it, and then the second and the third and the fifth time you hear it right then, so you remember it as an audience member, they do a really Mm -hmm. good job of being like, hey, audience, this will be important. But you're like, ah, cape is red as blood. Probably Little Red Riding Hood. Ah, cow is white as milk. Probably Jack. Ah, slipper is pure as gold. Probably Cinderella. Ah, hair is yellow as corn. Like, you put it together long before the baker and his wife figure out. So we're in a Columbo mystery, not a Murder, She Wrote mystery. Yes, exactly. The old mystery troll. (laughs) Yeah. No, completely. Um, And I think that's really nice because in Act One, that's what Act One is all about. It's about being, you you know, you don't need to be led anymore. You've got it. You're in control. Mm -hmm. Things are going well. Things are happy. Yeah. But then everything changes in Act Two and you don't actually know what's happening and the woods have changed yeah and it's very dark um and that's such a nice way to kind of play with the audience because you do you go into you finish act one and into the woods and you're like great hang on i've got another hour and a half okay that's interesting you know because you've got no idea what what can happen next yeah but i find it really cool yeah but i think um Everyone is obsessed with that after, ever after. Like, what happens? What happens next? Mm-hmm. Um, and we always love to fantasize and think, like, well, you know, did, did they get on okay? Yeah. I don't think anyone, us as humans, we would never be at peace with happily ever after. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, we always think what happens next. Jimmy, I think you should hold on to that thought because I have lots of thoughts about that. About what? About okay. after, ever after? About after, ever after. Excellent. Have you seen the John Cozart videos? No. Okay. (laughs) Great. 
one ends with ever after yes my whole life is about how do you improve musicals and into the woods is absolutely one of my favorite musicals Mm -hmm. it is not without problems Mm -hmm. i think (gasps) a hushed silence went across the world i know um i and i think you'll agree i think one of the big difficulties in either staging into the woods or in the construction of into the woods is it's two-act structure and ending act one with Ever After. Basically Mm -hmm. a song called The End that -hmm. everyone assumes to be The End. And, you know, it's a joke I make way back in that first video. Act one ends and half of the audience leaves because they think the show is over. And it Mm -hmm. might as well be. And I do think this is a structure problem. Okay. I think there's... You know, this should have been fixed out of town. Right? So, well, okay. Hit me with your remedy. Well, so, as it stands right now, there are two and only two things that let you know that Act 2 is going to happen. Outside uh-huh. of the sign in the lobby that says intermission is 15 minutes and Act 2 is an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, which I think should not be what gets the audience to come back. The two things that tell you is... Um, into the woods and out of the woods, to be continued and happily ever after, which no one ever hears because it's covered by this big orchestral crescendo and mm-hmm. it's still in time. We don't like take a fermata or a railroad tracks there. Um, and somewhere in there in the stage directions, we're supposed to see the next beanstalk rise. And I think Mm -hmm. we're relying a lot on a background piece of stagecraft right there to let Mm -hmm. the audience know that Act 2 is going to happen. What Mm -hmm. audience member is going to be sitting there and thinking, huh, that thing. I wonder if that means there's more to this story. You know, I I think Mm -hmm. you're asking a lot for your audience member right there. Mm -hmm. You... You 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 seem disagreeable about that. (laughs) I do. I think I do because... I think that's. I think that is actually the whole point. I don't think it's uh, um, like a, oh god, oh, da. I think from the outset they were like, this is a two act show. Yeah. Act one is this, and act two is this, mm-hmm. and they are separate. Well, not separate things, but they are two very distinct things. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the full intention, and I I can't see any other way. Of, of doing it. I can't see you kind of starting Act 2 uh-huh. in, at the end of Act 1 or, you know, uh, vice versa. Uh-huh. Um, 
I think it would feel weird and it would it would make the the show yeah. seem a bit jilted. Yeah. It's that <clears throat> because what I think is really really cool about it is and this is something actually so I full disclosure full disclosure da, da, um I co-directed this with my pal Julian who's a big fan of the show. Aww. Hey Julian. Hi Julian. Shout out shout out to you. Um and uh what that was this is one of the things that we really really toyed with is mm. How do you set this up? How do mm-hmm. you set up that there's going to be a change? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We're doing a, you know, a, I think it's a kind of classic Sondheim thing of yeah. it's act two, get ready for something a bit different. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Night music, we go into a whole different setting. Yeah. Uh, Sunday in the Park with George, we jump forward That's... however God knows how many years. Yeah, poor comparison, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then this, it's like, you know, you're getting a whole different show. Yeah. So, you know, we did the whole, you know, the, the beanstalk group at the back. It was essentially everyone looked at it. It was as if say, look, no, please don't. Um, and we played around with the, the the narrator kind of not expecting the end to happen at this point. Uh-huh. Um, because his story ends. Uh-huh. And then there's more happening do you know what i mean it's like it's like you get to the end of your book and you see the start of a next sentence but it doesn't go anywhere uh-huh. it's like that kind of idea you're like hang on is there a part two that i can't you know what i mean right so he spends he spends the first half till he dies basically looking for for the next, the next part. part of the and book it's like a bit of a surprise for him yeah exactly yeah um so that's how we we yeah. did it um, i think that's successful i i think so i think there are because I don't think it would be like and happily ever after, and then you go into like once upon a time later and do that beginning and then have an uh-huh. action. I think that that doesn't fix it, and that totally yeah. messes with the 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 gist of the show. I uh-huh. think it's like the in my mind, it's an easy fix, and I wish it was in the score. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh. Into the woods and out of the woods, da 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 and happily ever, boom, beanstalk grows. Narrator goes to be continued, and happily ever after, like do the thing you did. Everyone point at the beanstalk, like everyone look at the beanstalk. Have the narrator freaking ride the beanstalk up, like what a fantastic image, like um. Yeah, I guess, but isn't that just then down to the direction? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna look and see if it's a pause. I've got my score right here. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna look and see if it's a pause because I'm sure it is. Because we did. Yeah, we paused it. We I held it. I don't think it's um, as written. I think it's a good directorial choice, and I think it still falls into that gray area of as the authors intended. I think the original Broadway doesn't do it well. Um, I think it's, I know what you mean. Uh huh. It's like too behind um, and too. It's easy to miss. And you need people to come back. Act two of this show is important. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder. I'd be interested to know if there was any statistics. Uh-huh. Classic. Um, well, there's no pause here. I don't have the full orchestral I'm score. telling you, it's not written in. And that yeah. is an oversight. That should be fixed. You know? Put it mm. in the score. Make it official. Make it, make it the word of God. 
the actual I mean, god. The stage direction. The stage direction is a giant beanstalk emerges from the ground and stretches to the heavens. The characters are oblivious to its presence. See, so, and oblivious to its presence, we're not allowed to look at it either. Exactly. You know, James Pine doesn't want you looking at that. Yeah. I know. No, I do know what you mean. But no, I'd be interested to know about like the statistics of the people who. If anyone actually at the leaves it in a mission, or is this because you'd be stupid. Because you'd be like, "Where's right. Bernadette's song? I'm sure she was supposed to sing a big song in right. Act Two. Um, yeah. But I think there are other things, and I don't know how to play these up but like the things that do come back the witch losing her powers the mysterious Mm -hmm. man dying slash disappearing the baker's Mm -hmm. wife being pregnant like those are the things you can point at with maybe larger blinking arrows to be like hey audience don't you want to know how this pans out um and like those are things in ever after like especially the witches and the stepmothers verse like mm-hmm. you know we were unhappy and we don't get to be happy and we're unhappy now unhappy hence unhappy ever after yes. like if you phrase those a little bit about like you know how does our story end what happens next like one or two word flips there can still lead you into the next thing and tease that kind of mm-hmm. ever after um, so that's it. You don't want it to be as full stoppy. You want it to be more question marky. Just, so maybe actually go back and kind of dabble a bit. In just after. give me one or two. You know, Cinderella mm. throwing her bean over her shoulder level. Like a yeah. couple things here and there. But yeah, less full stoppy. But then yeah. what would Into the Woods Jr. do? Oh, God, we could burn it. Um, no, it's a wonderful thing Stephen Sondheim has done. And we should let children do these. And when, when we talk about our little world, we can talk about that too. Um, exactly. Well, maybe let's, um, let's talk about uh, the, the, the optional bits of this show. The optional bits. So, right, this is something, and I'm going to go back to my production of it. I had like a fight with Julian. Julian's one of my best friends. So uh-huh. I'll happily talk about this on the air. Uh-huh. Eat Hollywood stories, whatever it's called. Um... But yeah, we had proper fights about this because he loved the alternate lyrics. And I was like, sacrilege. So are we talking the end of Steps of the Palace? Ad- we're ad- talking we're talking everything. But oh. for the moment, we'll talk about witchy stuff later. Okay. Because I've maybe have come round. Okay. But um, yeah, so the the um, at the end of On the Steps of the Palace. In the land of the um, giant, in the belly of the, in the wolf. In the belly of the wolf. Yeah, yeah all the sides of the palace. A great belty note then for your yeah. cinders. But um, yeah, it's it's the... Basically, they, they all come in together and you realise, ah, they're all, they've all learned the same. Here mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Here's a uh, metaphor. And it sounds great. It sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, even though I think it does sound stilted because it's like, and song stops in the land of the... Ge- and, yeah. and it's a bit like, okay, cool. Um, but... And I also kind of get why, because it's kind of playing to maybe an audience who might not have picked up on the fact that there's this recurring It's like, this is how I've experienced my change based on the bit of the story that you know already. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a bit force-feedy. I think it's a bit like, here we all are together. But also, it then isolates Baker's wife, who also has her learning, and also kind of... I don't know, it, it isolates those three characters. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's not just them. Yeah. Well, that's that's the big... Ah, uh, this is the wonderful thing of this show, Jimmy. And mm-hmm. maybe there's a better way to do it. But I think every character has their important character change moment in this show. Mm-hmm. Every single character. We see 
four of them in song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we see the witch's character transformation decision in song because she gives up, right? I don't, yes. I don't think we quite see the baker's character transformation in song. We see what leads up to it. We have no more in act two, but I think mm-hmm. he's still wrestling with it. And like just at the very end of it, it's like, like father, like son, no mm-hmm. more giants. Like that's it. But he doesn't have a whole song about it. Um, yeah. And he's at the, he's the last one to do it too, which I think is important. But Absolutely. then we see the main three, Cinderella, um, little red and Jack in act one. And mm-hmm. then we see the baker's wife have her I've changed song in act two. And she's the only one to have one in act two by my logic. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something interesting about that. Okay. I, I don't know if in the belly of a wolf is the way to do that. Um, yeah. Well, I just think it's, I feel like that then it kind of, it puts a full stop on that though. Those stories, yeah. if that makes sense. That's true. Um, and you don't really open yourself up to the fact that there's more people that are going to go on journeys. Because right. I do think, I think it's a completely dramaturgical choice, the order of who who learns when. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, I think it completely, completely is. Um, so... You know, maybe save it for the end of no more. Right. <laughs> then yeah, then everyone can repeat. Yeah, it's, the dead it's wife the, comes back. It's the it's sort great. of thing where I wish there was one more, like the we went through a change music theme motif. Yes. That ends each of these and becomes a little more subtle, becomes less uh-huh. baseball bat over the head. But we can put it at the end of those three, at the end of, um, you know, what was that? And at the end of mm-hmm. no more. Um and another, I mean, another thing as well that I think it makes no one is alone quite odd yeah. because you've linked Jack, Red, and Cinders together yeah. as almost children. Do you know what yes. I mean? As almost like these are the kids, yeah. um, and the baker and his wife are the, and the witch are the parents. Yeah. Whereas, and no one is alone. That then kind of gets blurred because so, Cinderella is a parent. And yeah, she's not. a parental figure there. Yeah. And it's she's using her slight age on Little Red to mm-hmm. to be to have that conversation. Yeah. 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 Whereas she they've already been linked as this kind of like teenage discussion. Yeah. Um so I, I just think it's a it, it creates some issues that mm-hmm. it sounds great. Yeah. It does sound <laughs> it sounds, great. and it's very stirring and you're yeah. like, "Oh, cool." I do, the themes. There's a lot of things about the 2002 Broadway revival I don't enjoy. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I do enjoy, but uh-huh. I have issues with. You know what I mean? Yes. I know. Exactly. Because that, is that like, it's like, love it, hate it, but love it. Okay, right. go on. Do you know what I mean? It's that yeah. kind of thing. And there is something about it. The 2002 revival absolutely did like, well, we need to do everything different. Let's make sure it's different. And I think this was part of that yeah. spurring. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. I'm okay with it. Um now, there's a couple of other things that I'm reading here. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to... I just want you to tell me about your I wish bum. What do you think about the last I wish in this show? Um, I, I find it really difficult. I find it very difficult. Yeah. Because it's... I don't, so I love... One of the things I really love is, like, audience psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like... The fact that you put a button at the end and everyone just is just an instant like oh right yeah, that's cool. important before you even realize. Yeah. Um, but with woods, 
they do a stilted button yeah. and it will affect the reaction your audience has. And I don't doubt for a fact that this has happened since San Diego to, yeah. you know, yeah. Rochester High School's production that's happening right. next week or something. Like, it, it, it just, it's like, oh, oh ha, ha, yeah. ha, 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 And it's like right? a polite it, applause. It, into the woods and out of the woods. Da, 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 and home before dark. I wish. Blimp. Like, you've got like three yep. buttons there. Yep. Which is hard. It is, again, it's like Lord of the Rings. There's right. like 12 different endings. Well, and so then, uh. the, the, obviously the, the follow-up question is, w- what is and why do that last I wish? You Can know? we just repeat what you just said? What is and what do that last I wish? What is, is what you just said and me. why do <laughs> that last I wish? Okay. I mean, because it's cute. Mm-hmm. It is a joke. It's a of. joke. It is a gag. Yep. No, completely. Um, and also, lest you forget, this is a farce. This yeah, is a that's this true. is a farcical tale. Yeah. Um, it's never meant to be a serious drama. Yeah. And it's, like it's we tiptoe into it in Act Two, but it is mostly farcical. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so ending it on a fun note is is like ha 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 great. Um, yeah. And I guess it, you know, it hits into all those themes of like your story never ends, but yeah. you'll always want something more. And I get that, but I think at that stage in the show, yeah, your audience, they're not, you're not thinking at yeah. that point. You're not like, I'm ready for more. Some, give me some more message. Give me do some think, more. Do you think you fix it the same way I, quote unquote, fix Act One, Act One, like into the woods and out of the woods, da 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 and home before, and, like, Cinderella has been contemplating, and she tries to get out her, like, I wh and someone covers her mouth, and then they go, and home before, dark, or something else. And, like, have just a proper button. A proper button. And, like, have someone stop her from saying, I wish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I just feel like it's now just such an integral part of Into the Woods. So it's almost yeah. because it's got like its own cult status. That right. I wish at the end. So people people now are yeah. ready for it. They're ready for They're it. They're absolutely yeah. ready. And but there, there is something story-wise about, you know, it, it's, it's ever, ever after again, part two. It's like, mm-hmm. you always have to go into the woods. There will be an act yeah. three to this musical. There will be an act yeah, four exactly. to I this Yeah, exactly. I wonder how many people hug about wait, waiting for the next few minutes <laughs> to go in for act three. Okay, yeah, that's what's happening now. Right, exactly. Who else is going to die? <laughs> exactly. Um, who does the, baker the, the baker's son grow up into? Like, Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I actually enjoy cleaning. Yeah. Favorite line. Right. Oh, huh. what a line. I, um, I want a friend and a pet. Um, so good. Yeah. But I do, um, the ending of both of these acts boggle me. Yeah. But the ending of any show is tough. That's it's true. It's always so, so tough. Yeah. Even for the greatest people <laughs> of all time. Um, and, oh my God, how patronizing does that sound? It's just <laughs> hard. I get it. It's so tough. No, the thing is, it's like, there's nothing wrong with it's. It's that we're pulling teeth. Yeah, exactly. You're pulling teeth to try and find things that are wrong right. within well, the woods. And it, yeah, exactly. It's such a great show these, that these things, yeah. you know, shine a little bit because yeah, they st- we've listened to it so many times. Exactly. And the thing is, is what one thing that you have to give them plaudits for. Yes, this is a farce, mm. but it doesn't end in that like everything happens in the last three minutes. Let's go crazy. Right. Yeah, ah, it's like it ends beautifully. Yeah, it ends with a moral. Oh man. Be father and mother, you'll know what to do alone. And like the once upon a time in a far off kingdom, like still 
get me a little teary in the oh, corner of my eye. Absolutely, particularly in the Regent's Park. I still can't. Oh yeah, I can't watch that without just being like, <gasps> yeah. When when the just, baker oh, when the baker hits things. and his wife is like, oh, yeah, you know, drive the dagger yeah. deeper. There's so much there. Even James Corden does it well. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, yeah. So all that to say, you know, you just can't improve it because it's pretty damn great. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We know nothing. Sorry, sorry. You're just nice. I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm just right. I'm the witch. You're the world. I'm the hitch. I'm what no one believes. I'm the witch. You're all liars and thieves like his father. Like his son will be too. Oh, why bother? You'll just do what you do as the last midnight. So goodbye, all coming at you last midnight. Soon you'll see the sky fall. Here you want a bean, have another bean. Beans were made for making you rich. Plant them and they saw. Here you want some more. Listen to the roar, giants by the score, or you can blame another witch. It's the last midnight, it's the last verse. Now before it's last midnight, I'm leaving you my life. Let's talk about the witch. People have just skipped to this moment. (laughs) That's all they've done. Um, Let's let's talk witch. Yeah. Let's just instantly preface as well, if you've not watched Tommy's miscast witches video, um, go watch that right now, because that will catch you up to speed with, oh, I wonder which one they like the best. We're not going to be talking about that. My number one is Hannah Waddingham. There you go. My number two is Bernadette. Great choice. Great choice. Thank you very much, Thomas. Thank you very much. Um, So that's out of the way. We don't need to talk (laughs) about that. Let's talk about one of the greatest characters ever written. Yes. Just, like, you know, I mean, if you're not playing Mama Rose, you're playing the witch. You're playing the witch. Uh, and I would say the witch is more multidimensional than Mama Rose. I would agree. You know, Mom- I get, and in many ways, that's because of the time that it was written. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Fair. Yes. But I would, because there's just, there's 90 million things you can do with this character. Uh-huh. And they've all been done. <laughs> literally all we know um yeah so but basically let's let's talk about kind of who she is in the story yeah um so in the majority of act one we see the witch as the witch that we know and love and that we've come to the fairy tale the underappreciated comedy line who could that be it's the witch from next door exactly so funny why is that funny Ah, it could. They could just say, "It's the witch." They could just say that line, and it would have uh-huh. the, the same story-moving effect. But they don't. They say, "It's the witch from next door," because we live in a world where a witch lives next door. Okay, it's funny, uproariously funny, and it's I'll, really I'll, I'll underappreciated. And I wish I could figure out a way to sell it better. <laughs> it's okay. It's um. You know, there's lots of other funny moments. Maybe focus on those, and that's fine. But yeah, so the witch, she lives next door to the baker and his wife. Yeah. Um, and that's very important. Yeah. Because her and uh, the baker's dad 
have a bit of a, a bit of beef going yeah. on. Well, she, um, she's the answer to the question. I forget what playwriting directing book I read this in, but one of the first questions you should answer about any show is why today? Why is this story yeah. happening in this moment to these people right now? And the reason yeah. is the witch decided today I will yeah. reverse this spell. Exactly. You wish to have the cost reversed. Yeah. And then in the movie, um, they try to add on some extra layer about the moon, and I don't understand. Yeah. That's another story. Never mind. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> how many times are we going to do that this podcast? Two so far. Ooh. Ding, ding, ding. It, um, yep. Um, so, one of the greatest things. So, you get that witch, you know, classic, ugly, and haggard, and funny, and mm-hmm. quirky. Um but one of the greater things about her is you actually start to see, well, who is this witch? You know, yeah. what are her motivations? Um, and it's not just, I want to become beautiful again. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, that's a big one. But you get to see this relationship she has with Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to extend that out into the macroverse and uh, her relationship as a mother. And how she feels as a mother. Um, And I think that is what makes this character stunning. Yeah. I think one of the more underappreciated lines in the show is during um, the Witch and Rapunzel song. Where Mm -hmm. the witch sings, I am old, I am ugly, I embarrass you. You are ashamed of me, you are ashamed of me. You don't understand. Because that is the moment we see... That her motivation to become beautiful is more than just a motivation to become beautiful. It is a part of her caretaking. It is a part of, like, making sure she can be the best mother she can be. And, you know, we also see her failing at it spectacularly in a bunch of ways. Well, but this is... So this is the thing, is, like, she fails, but, God, how many mothers can relate to that? Like, I ain't a mother. I don't have kids. But, you know, I've got one. Mm -hmm. And... Mine, mine did very well. I'm not saying that my mom, <laughs> but she sent me to she banished me to an island in a desert, and like you know, it was like, yeah. Um, no, but as in you know, we all have mothers, and we can relate to our experience with that. Yeah. Um, and this idea of I'm not perfect. I'm trying so hard to get this right. I'm doing yeah. all I can. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, is the most heartbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. And we see it's it, so heartbreaking. We see it with the witch. I mean, this is a show about children and parents, bar mm-hmm. none. Um, you know, Jack's mother, like head in the sack, Jack, and like the Jack's mother and um, uh, uh, the baker's wife interaction, which is so. Oh funny. my god! Like that's okay too. That's okay heartbreaking, too. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking, and or so riotously funny. funny, depending on your. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and like all at once, you're like, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, you know, and like all she, depends but, on that line delivery. I love but it. she still loves him and and dies for him. Like exactly, exactly. And, and then, but it, it extends out further. You've got the giant. You've got the, um, yep. You know, she doesn't have. Uh, it's not her son that's been killed, um, but she's still a, a older woman. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And has that capacity to be yeah. a maternal figure. Yeah, um, and is for got, Jack who betrays her. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Very, very good point. Um, you've got Cinderella's stepmother, right? Um, who, although not perfect, has her moments where she kind of justifies yeah. 
her beans. She justifies why she does things. We've got the baker's wife who becomes, you know, that is like there's yeah. so many. This yeah. is the the show for the mum. Yeah, um, and we see really. it most like everyone else in their parentalness through this is on one side of the journey, either yeah. like we're trying to have the child or we already did, and like Jack's an idiot, but he's gonna be okay. Yep. But the witch is the one who has the like teenage daughter who what do you do there's men climbing into her window at night and that's her biggest fear in the world exactly exactly um and one of the things and i kind of started to click onto this whilst we were um researching for this Mm -hmm. the one of the things always gets me because i'm like ah god it's so true um is when uh, she's like, well, how many wolves have you carved up to Little Red? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, a wolf's different. And then yeah. she's like, ask a wolf's mother. Yeah. And I'm always just like, well, you've won. I can't, I can't yeah. fight with that one. Yeah. Like that always rings out with me. But that's something that's actually really consistent mm-hmm. throughout the whole piece. Like she never looks at anyone as, well, you're a human. Right. You're not a human. Yeah. So you're better than that person even mm. herself as a witch she yeah. never thinks i'm a witch therefore i'm actually superior to all of you yeah you know what i mean she sees everyone on a level playing yeah. field I, and, and i think that it's so good and it's all right there and like we've taken paragraphs and paragraphs to you know extol upon it and talk about it and like mm-hmm. i'm not good i'm not bad i'm just right yep is you know, a six word, 17, however many word way of saying all that. Like, yeah, I'm the witch, exactly. I'm the, you're the world, I'm the witch, I'm what no one believes, I'm the witch, you're all liars uh-huh. and thieves. Like, it's, it's the simplicity, these vastly complex concepts are communicated. For sure. Is baffling. And I think, I don't know, I find it really cool, though, that um, at the end of Last Midnight, after she says those lines, mm-hmm. she goes to her mother. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. where she goes back to. She's like, I've tried and I've failed. Yep. All right, let's just, you know, I'm coming coming back to you. Yeah. Um, who, knows, who knows if you're right, but it's better than here. Yeah, exactly. And I just find that really, oh, I don't know, it, it gets me so much because I feel like as a mother, that must be one of your things where you have to be the bad guy. You yeah. have to make these decisions Yeah. where they're not, ne- they don't necessarily, they're not right. based on what's right. Yeah. Well, because and you don't, you, you, know, you, you don't extrapolate back the witch's backstory and it just becomes more fascinating and complex. Like mm-hmm. in, it, 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 there's not much that gives you this in the show, but the beans live in what is the witch's mother's garden maybe mm-hmm. at that point and are magic and special and, you know, must be guarded. And it's ostensibly the witch's duty to supervise them. And yep. she doesn't because, or like messes up because the baker's father steals them and then mm-hmm. is punished for that by mm-hmm. being turned ugly, which is, you know, if we're classifying witches and witches' mothers as this kind of like logical do what's right sort of thing that, you know, you were supposed to do this, you didn't do this, and here's your punishment. Yep. It's like different, thing, different parenting styles through the eyes of weird fairy tale creatures. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that's kind of who who she is. And there's again the moral of Into the Woods podcast. There's fifty gazillion more things that we can talk about there. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I do want to kind of hit home on mm. is um, in the 
song cut from the show, well, kind of swapped into um, mm. Last Midnight. Um, it was called Boom Crunch. It was mm-hmm. on the original cast recording. I don't know if it's a deluxe edition, but it's whatever one I've got on my iTunes. Uh-huh. Um, it's there, so you can listen to it. And it sounds like a Kate Bush song. It's great. Um, <laughs> and she says, one of the lines is, um, uh, uh, evil, 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 evil. She points them all. Says evil, evil, evil. Um, want to know what's evil? Nice people's lies. And again, I remember when the first time I listened to it, I was like, holy moly. Yeah. I was like, that's so true. Yeah. That is what so a, true. What a because great that, it's, so, it's tied into the whole piece. That one, those three words, mm-hmm. three words tie into the whole thing of yeah. the reason that we're here is yeah. because you, with the best intentions, were dishonest. Yeah. And that's why we're in this mess. And that's how these yeah. things happen. Yeah. And, um, you're, and you're still questioning as to whether that's right. Because, on the other hand, you have the baker's wife, probably one of the most sympathetic characters in musical theater, who yeah. has a whole song about the ends justifying the beans. And exactly. are the lies we tell worth it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? And that's the point. Um, so I'm I'm confused uh-huh. because here Tommy has written "Last Midnight" is a great name. Like uh-huh. everything's coming up roses. Uh, yeah, another gypsy witch uh, so, reference here. But Tommy, Sondheim, what, what Sondheim writes in whichever hat book. Um, the goal with everything's that. coming up roses was to find a phrase that felt like it was an idiom and felt like it had existed forever but right, was yes. new to the show. And w- it's it's to the point where that may even be a surprise that Everything's Coming Up Roses uh-huh. wasn't a phrase before Gypsy. Yeah, because we all know that the original phrase is Everything's Coming Up Millhouse. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but It's the Last Midnight is like that for me. I, I, right, okay. It tickles me in an interesting way that I am, you know, struggle to point out quite how. But like... Uh-huh. In the song, it's not The Last Midnight. The Last Midnight happened in Act 1. The Last mm-hmm. Midnight, they fed the cow. Like, if we're talking about them talking about three midnights, the last one was in the middle of Act 1. Um, but here, it's The Last Midnight. Like, this is the last of the last chances where it's all dark after this. There will be no more midnights after this. And it's mm-hmm. already pretty spooky right now. And this is a... Th- you know, underappreciated Sondheim talent to mm-hmm. like find these titles and find these turns of phrase that just seem like they're in the vernacular, but aren't. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone ever said it's the last midnight before Stephen Sondheim put it in the song in mm-hmm. that particular way. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if you look it up in like an idiom dictionary and it's like, it's the last midnight. This is the end of the line. This is where mm-hmm. it all comes to a head. Like, yeah. it just sounds like one of those, you know, turn of the tongue f- flipping phrases. Yeah. No, I do know. What, I do know. What you mean, I never really thought about that before. Isn't that? Um, I, I find yeah. it so cool in a, an mm-hmm. obviously a very difficult to describe way. Um, mm-hmm. I think it exists a lot in Into the Woods, actually, that, that kind of idea. Because I remember the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. uh, being certain that I knew a story about the bakers. I mean, like, no, that is a fairy tale. And argued yeah. with people. I mean, like, no, it is a fairy tale. It's, yeah. um, it's uh, the, you know the, you know the one. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I had nothing. Yeah. I had nothing. I think in the end, I came up with the fact that 
uh, Rapunzel's parents and Rapunzel uh-huh. were bakers. And I was uh-huh. like, that's what it is. It's just yeah. that. Um, and that's yeah. just not true. I mean, uh, it's... Th- it, what is it? It's so weird. It's the same. I mean, the man is God. It is like... Th- yeah. The, the things he writes seem so clever that no one could have possibly written them. They must yeah. have just always existed. Yeah. And, you know, he used them. But that's yeah, not exactly. true. Like, uh-huh. d- d- like the, the stone and, tablets of Mount Sinai <laughs> created exactly. by and, and he doesn't, you know, he gets plenty of plaudits for everything, of course. But he doesn't mm. get plaudits for some of these. It's the last midnight. It's the last wish. It's the last midnight. It's the boom squish. Like, yep. simple, elegant, everything you need to know. We yeah. already had the motif of midnights being a deadline. We already had mm-hmm. the idea of wishes being a thing that everyone wants. And this is the last of both of them coming together, the darkness yeah. and the light. Like, in, you know, one syllable, two syllable words that simply yeah. rhyme with each other. There's no This isn't a clever internal Sondheim rhyme. This isn't something that rhymes 15 times in a row. This isn't an unexpected rhyme. And it's still so clever and so elegant. Yeah. I love it. Well done, Sondi. Um, before we move on from the witch, though, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about our little world. Yeah. So, I, so we, we did, spoke what, about who, this before. Who casually. did you put it in when you did it? Yeah. Okay. Why? So, not for the reasons you're supposed to. Okay. Um. We put it in because we just really like the song and think it's a beautiful song. So this is so this is the way that Sondheim talks about the song is that it's like a chance for you to um, see the witch have a nice moment with Rapunzel. Otherwise, it's just yeah. you know her really grinding on Rapunzel. But the kind of dramaturgical issue with that is you the witch gets into this kind of open light um mm-hmm. so what the song ends up just becoming is isn't it funny watching a witch climb up someone's hair right yeah and that's like what she it becomes and drool yeah yeah um, so don't tell joseph weinberger um but we we didn't do that we didn't do a climb because we mm, okay. we didn't stage that yeah um so we just had the song okay. um and i think it's really really beautiful and nice and for the kind of witch that we were telling Mm -hmm. we really needed it because we were focusing on the witch as a mother yeah and the witch and and her her relationship with that that's useful dramaturgically that way yeah yeah for sure um and so it made more sense when we got to the alternate lyrics in last midnight right about um, taking another child and and you're so yeah. pure yes yeah. exactly and it was about the witch wanting to take this yeah. child I, in, to safety i do definitely think both those al- alternate lyrics go hand in hand if you mm-hmm. do one you should do the other if you don't do one you maybe shouldn't do the other yeah mm-hmm. yeah i do i i would agree i mean it, with the kind of original last midnight mm-hmm. it, the witch's end is more moral, I would say. More, um, it's more of her on the outside, yeah, looking in, yeah. um, which is a completely, completely justified way to play the witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does also have this human side, yeah. almost, yeah, where it's her as a as a mother and how she fits in with that, and um, she's one of the only characters who really gets 
an arc in that respect because yeah. she has a child, she loses a child, she has the opportunity to get another child and do mm-hmm. it again. Yeah. And she doesn't because she's just, she can't cope with the world anymore. Do you know yeah. I mean? It's just gotten too much for her. Um, and again, heartbreaking. And that's why I love Hannah Waddingham because I yes. think she does it perfectly. Yeah, and I agree. That's, that's the witch that I, I love. It's in the same with... Um, the same with Amorose to tie it right back. Yep. My favourite is 2008 Patty Lapone. Everyone can shoot me for liking Patty Lapone. I don't care. <laughs> um, 2008 Patty Lapone because of that ending. Because yep. of that that arc, that story that you're telling yeah. with that Mama Rose. That story that you're telling with this witch. That's why I yeah. love that. That is, that is really interesting. I didn't think about like like that. Because for me, the the brief scene moments we see with the witch can be enough like where mm-hmm. she has her like you know she shows up and shoots the baker and his wife in the crotch and like has a half a sentence and then here's another theme we didn't talk about um mm-hmm. and then like oh my rapunzel eyes and she beautiful like uh-huh. it's enough for me to see that the witch loves rapunzel and i don't uh-huh. know if we need to see much of rapunzel's relationship with her fake mother Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much that gives us to see because even in our little world, it's still if she just didn't drool. Like I still yeah. see that as like well, Rapunzel singing through gritted teeth. Not one hundred percent, but she's a teenager. Yeah. Um, she doesn't say uh, things I like "I love it. you, it's... mom." You know. Uh huh. No, she doesn't. And but it's just it's like this is the world I know, and I want to see something more. It is that you're kind of giving Rapunzel that because Rapunzel is completely underwritten in yes. the show, and I you think have to agree with that. For from from my end and my perspective, that leads more into the reason to adding our little world. But that's because yeah. I live in High School Musical theater world, and it's, yeah, exactly. But it's but still... even I just think I just think she plays. Otherwise, she just becomes this little foil to the witch. Yeah. Um, and even then, it's not that great a foil because you don't get to see them in their normal state. You don't get to see status quo, right. witch Rapunzel. You yeah. always get to see yeah. witch on Rapunzel's ass for, right. you know. Which makes it things. maybe a little jarring at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think so. It makes the witch look a yeah. lot more callous yeah. than, than yeah. what she is. I know? do, I do, the thing I juggle is I think we're pushing the bladder quotient here. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, this show even without our little world is still pushing yeah. like 245. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a long show. Um, and we need it all. It's all important. For sure. I, I, I wouldn't know something. I did. I saw a production that was cut down a little bit. They cut our little world. They cut one of the midnights or at least cut it down pretty dramatically. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. And I yeah. think there were a couple verses that they cut here and there. They got it yeah. down. They got it down to like two twenty, um, right? But I don't know. Like at that point, you're like, ah, you know, that seems like a, a business choice. I don't know if there's something to trade for our little world. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I don't think there is. It's the same with um, but way back when mm-hmm. when we talked about Sweeney Todd. If oh, you can God. remember forty eight episodes ago, um, but we were like, what would you cut? Yeah. And you, you, you kind of can't. It, you know yeah. what I mean? There's there's not really anything there. It's, yeah. it's a kind of perfect specimen. Yeah, it really is. Um, and there's not a lot of like verse, chorus, verse songs either where you can yeah. chop things down like that. A couple of yeah. the interludes, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
but mm -hmm. everything comes back. Everything's important. And, you know, like, you could cut the, like, golden goose, I dare you to go back up there, Little Red and Jack scene. No, you couldn't. It's in your fault. And, exactly. like, you'd lose... We could... That would be the first time we hear about it. You know, yeah. it becomes a less strong story if you yeah. cut stuff. Um, but then, you know, that's a whole other bag of worms. And I guess it's another story. Never mind. Anyway, um, Three, Alexis ding, Michelle, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, if this was a YouTube video, we definitely have a counter going. Um, <laughs> Alexis Michelle, just to round off the witches. Oh. This is how Tommy rounded off his miscast witches. And I completely support him in his decision yeah. to do this. Um, season nine, RuPaul Drag Race fame. Alexis Michelle, um, Broadway queen. Mm -hmm. Um, does I think it has to be the best transformation that exists? Yeah, take that, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein, Cinderella, and Elsa. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Did you just say Elsa? Shh. Did Disney you just will... Did you just give a spoil? Disney will sue me. Spoiler alert! Oh, yeah. In the middle of Let It Go, she changes outfits. <laughs> great. Ah, oh, by the way, I've also got another drag queen who does a great rendition of Let It Go that <laughs> may top your. Uh, uh, yeah, you're yeah. Elsa. Uh, I bet you it's better than the one from the headed to Broadway musical Frozen. It's but okay. Maybe. They've got plenty of time. Got plenty for another time. day. I've got I'm just I've a got little faith. bit. Of, it's okay. I've got faith. Anyway, let me have my faith. Watch Alexis yeah. Michelle on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's in the shows. I'm meeting you in the woods. Moonlight. What dangers? I know we'll get past the woods. And why? Let's hope the changes last Beyond woods Beyond witches and slippers and hoods Just the two of us Beyond lies Safe at home with our beautiful fries Just a few of us It takes trust It takes just a bit more And we're done We want four We have none We've got three We need one It takes two the bakers so yeah we've talked about the witch let's talk about the newbies yeah i mean it's i think it's up for debate who the protagonist of the show is um, uh-huh i don't know the baker throwing that one out there what just the one the baker's wife dies the witch leaves the baker survives that would be my That's justification. True. He gets to the end. He gets the baker the makes end. it to the end, and your protagonist might want to survive your whole story. But even then, it's a you know. I think the baker's wife goes through more interesting changes earlier. I think the witch goes through more interesting changes over the both of them. But the bakers are the new story for this show. Yes, they are indeed. They are indeed. So, um, do we know why that they were included? Well. I so there's I think some just logistical parts about them. They're the ones who mm -hmm. has to go to find all the other things from the other stories. Um, but I think oh, I have all my Sondheim research muddled up. But I think it's in Look I Made a, um, where Sondheim talks about the Bakers being the modern family tale. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and that's it's like they're they're like a suburban family yeah. dropped into a storybook. Which was a revelation to me, like fifteen years into listening to Into the Woods. Mm -hmm. Um totally. Like and then you listen to them, they don't talk like fairy tale people. Um mm -hmm. they don't have lines like 
fairy tale people. This is why I think it's funny when the baker goes, it's the witch from next door. Because, yeah. it, you know, imagining a, a New York man, businessman with wife in their apartment going like, oh, it's the witch from, you know, the floor below us. Like, yeah. is, is silly and funny. Um, and, like, they have... You know, the baker's like, oh, I stole it from a maiden in a tower. Like, they yeah. have the poking the fun lines at the <coughs> fairy tale stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, ooh. they've got, I mean, she's got, this is ridiculous, what am I doing here? I'm in the wrong story. Right. Or, but, Do you know what I mean? She's got the only aside. That... Yeah. The, the You know, oh, did, we're, my husband's undoing a spell. Ooh. Like, they have these lines. Whereas, you know... Oh, I have a Jack has. Oh, I like I have a goose that lays golden eggs. He sees no irony in that. He sees nothing mm-hmm. funny about that. And like yeah. Joanna Gleason, who she will ever be for me, not the baker's wife. Um, <laughs> it, you know, ah, pulled her from maiden in a tower. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <it's> nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And because, it's like when she sits down with Cinderella to chat mm-hmm. about the prince. It's like a little like girl gossip. It's like, yeah. oh my god, what's he like? Yeah. Um, and Cinderella doesn't do those things, you know, like yeah. when I entered, they trumpeted like they're, you know, mm-hmm. in my mind, they are a tinge of British accents, whereas the baker mm-hmm. and his wife are Americans, which mm-hmm. is speaks to my own stereotypes. But yeah, but that's OK. You're there's right. something about that, which is, is yeah. cool and clever and another edge to this show, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think I, I really, really like because. They are, because they are the kind of suburban family dropped in, mm-hmm. it allows you to kind of have your, set yourself on the stage. It's that's your, that's your opportunity to have that. It's the audience can yeah. be like, ah, the humans. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, a very human uh, problem that they have, you know, they want to have a child. It's not, um, you know, I wish that I was married to a prince, you right. know, I, wish I, w- that I want I to go rich. to the festival. Like exactly. Yeah. Um, there's not, it's not any of these things. It's just, yeah. I, I want a child. And, and you listen to the, all of their morals of the stories during each of the midnights and like every, mm-hmm. you know, the slotted spoon don't, won't hold much soup. Like, yeah. um, you know, never wear mauve to a ball and or pink. Right, the baker and the baker's wife, like, you may know what you need, but to get what you want, better see what that you keep what you have. Like, they've got, they got the goods, they got the stuff, mm. they got mm. the, the morals that, like, apply to you. Screw the slotted spoon. Yeah, yeah. And I think, kind of culminating in that, too, mm-hmm. um, any moment, mm-hmm. uh, or moments in the woods, sorry, um, no, any moment, correct, mm. Uh, and no more. Yeah. Again, are very relatable. Yes. Yes. Compared to uh, the other three, there are giants in the well, sky, or I was swallowed by I a wolf. With that. Yeah, I guess I had the wolf thing. The other ones are meta- like the other ones are metaphors. <laughs> the other yeah. three are like you are extrapolating what being eaten by a wolf means to you. Yeah. Like exactly. you, Jimmy, are never going to get eaten by a wolf. You might experience something that feels like that, but yeah. the, you know, was that me? Was that him? Did a prince really kiss me and kiss me? And did I kiss him back? And do I mm-hmm. like my husband or do I like this prince? Yeah. You know, that's... That's, that's something we can all relate to. <laughs> every day of my life. Um, exactly. No, that's not true. Ah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm telling. No. <laughs> um, 
but no, I I do I totally get in as well. Um, with no more, mm-hmm. it's that. I can't be dealing with any of this. I'm running away from my life. Yeah. Like well, uh, it's and and his the baker's whole song is like no more of your fairy tale bullshit. Yeah. No more riddles, no more quests, no more curses you can't undo, no yeah. more giants waging like can't we just pursue our lives with our children and our wives till that happier day arrives? Like mm-hmm. can we just be humans without all the yeah. magic fairy tale stuff around us? For sure. Um, which is so and that, invigorating. Yeah. I guess it, it makes a lot of sense that the characters written for this show mm-hmm. don't get their, ah, like, moral light bulb moment right. until until Act 2 in the grey and the muck and in the mire because yeah. they don't have a story. Do you know what I mean? They don't have a yeah. relatable thing. You exactly. know, like we said, that and... these things are epigenetic. Right. Do you know what I mean? The Baker's one isn't epigenetic. Yeah. And... It's life. And then the beautiful pinnacle icing cherry on top of the whole thing is the baker's story becomes this story you just watched, which is messy, which doesn't have a happy ending, which is filled with ambiguous gray level morals because Mm -hmm. that's how life actually is. Mm -hmm. It's not filled with giants and witches and curses. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they become... That's it. Is they just become a story. They're not real life anymore. Yeah. They're they're in the past, and it's something that you can learn from. Yeah. Um, as opposed to having to experience yeah. for yourself. Um, yeah. There is it's a really really smart thing to do than just make it your you know Super Smash Brothers style. Oh, let's see what happens when this character plays against this character. Right. To give to give your audience a way into this and to give them. Yeah. To, to be able to put themselves on the stages is real, yeah. real smart. Ah, it's so beautiful. Can I run mm-hmm. past you? You know, as I said, I spend my whole life revising musicals in my head. This is one mm-hmm. I've gone back and forth on in my mind because I used to think it was the lyric and it's not. Um, yeah. In um, Moments in the Woods. Yes. Um, just remembering you've had an and when you're back to or. The original lyric is, makes the or mean more than it did before. Mm-hmm. I thought the lyric was makes the or mean more than he did before, mm-hmm. and I've gone back and forth on liking different ones both ways. Mm-hmm. I I prefer it, okay, b- because that's what she's been talking about. Uh-huh. But also, it's so implied. Okay, Do you know what I mean, I think it's the same as the um, in the belly of the wolf, uh-huh. land of the giant. Yeah, um, <clears throat> in that it's like, oh, by the way. I'm talking about the tryst I just had. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you say that, whereas it's nicer if she's just, if she takes the moment to look at the scarf yeah. and be like, there it is. And yeah. you get that as an audience member, then you get that yeah. rather than having to be like, by the way, I'm talking about people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I, I would go for it. For, for me, it's the difference between talking about people and talking about options. So the first, mm-hmm. just remembering you've had an and when you're back to or makes the or mean more than it did before mm-hmm. is to me, like to me, the baker's wife, it means a lot to me that I have this choice between these two men thinking mm-hmm. that for a brief moment I had both of them. Um, whereas if you phrase it the other way, makes the or mean more than he did before it changes to me the meaning like remembering you've had an and your secret tryst with the prince who maybe doesn't care about you mm-hmm. makes 
the or mean more than he, your husband, the baker who's stuck next to you, mean more than he did before this secret tryst. Mm-hmm. But I don't know which I like more. And I don't think this is a thought that Sondheim's ever had. And that's why no. I'm excited to have it out loud. <laughs> that's fair. I, I mean, I'm total camp it. You would never get me in camp he, I'm afraid. Just because yeah. I think it plays into the whole ambiguity of the whole show. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it sure. could mean tryst, but it could also mean the other 90 million decisions you have to make exactly. in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, yeah, that's why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. These are the decisions that keep me up at night about musicals I haven't written. That's fair. That's fair. One day, one day, you'll be able to write the... Well, no, you'll, you'll think it's the perfect one. Yeah. And then there'll be someone who'll right. write a little comment and be like, by the way... There'll be like a, a new stupid said. musical theater podcast that's just <laughs> ripping my musical to shreds and is going to exactly. make me feel like an awful human being. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because you'll have your Tony. That's right. I'll still invite them to New York to come see the show. So So, I mentioned before um, that I have co-directed uh-huh. Into the Woods. Pause for applause. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you've worked, how, you've worked on the show once? Just the once, yeah. I want you to guess to how many times my I've worked on that show. Uh, I don't want to know. I know you've been <laughs> in it. I know you've been in it. We've all seen that now. Um, and if you haven't, link in the description. Oh, Is it in a video? Yeah, there's a whole video of me watching it and getting Excellent. really sappy and emotional about my high school life. Great. Um, well, that'll be <laughs> join Tommy in that. You have a really cute hat, though, and I think that's what's important. It's, it covered my face all the time. Um, <laughs> I've worked on this show five times. Five times? Mm-hmm. Wow. I was in it. I lit it once um, and then have been on the teacher side a couple different times. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. particularly my choice. Not that I wouldn't choose it, but, you know, just other people have done it when I've been around. Yeah. Um, Everyone, it's like Into the Woods is reaching Shakespeare level of interpretation, Mm -hmm. where it's like, let's do Romeo and Juliet in In a barn, right? Yeah. uh Yeah. Where no one moves on stage or like where everyone, where everyone's a puppet except one of the background characters where they're played by robots. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, you exactly. Know, there's an into the woods inside a piano. There's an into the woods in an attic. There's an in, there's the several into the woods that happen outside. <laughs> there's one that happens like inside a child's bed where the whole thing comes to life. Um, yep. And on there's and There's one that's on. like a hipster version. There's one that's like a Vivian Westwood version. Yeah. Do you know, like, yeah, there's lots. There's lots in there. Um, if you tease apart. Yeah. And, but the, the question is, is 
Um, well, I mean, that's that's great and that's very cool. In no way are we discrediting yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, and in many ways, you know, when I return back and I watch the Broadway, I'm like, this is far too literal. Yeah, like how simple. There are no books yeah. on stage. Like, Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're in a dirndl? What the hell? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, like, there is an element where, of that. Like, I where's your the concept layers. Give here? me the layers. Yeah, where's your concept? Where's your extra bits? <laughs> Yeah. Give me your extra. I don't just want to see the story played out, right? Um, and it is, yeah, it's a total. I don't know, it's a total thing. Um, for the record, ours was relatively straight. We had some funky yeah. costumes that yeah. were beautifully designed by the university yeah. uh, costume designing department. Um, well, but it, it was relatively straightforward. It it does make me. It's one of the things that made me so surprised about the 2014 Disney movie was mm-hmm. how again literal it was yeah um and i don't know what i was expecting but it wasn't yeah quite i know that. yeah and then like literal except johnny depp was in a zoot suit like yes actually. you know that's like, a really good point one or two like wait a minute yeah and, and that's the thing is it was literal but like also you know jack dressed like a child of the 70s yeah and like they're and then they're playing fast and loose with how the narrator exists yeah but we don't talk about that right and so you know they it seems a part of the story especially with the you know the whole meta-ness of it and killing the narrator halfway through Mm -hmm. it's an invitation to add layers i would say Mm -hmm. for sure for sure and i think but i think I always think that's a really good thing. Yeah. Because, you know, like, this has a fantastic life in high schools. Oh, yes. Across oh. the globe. God, yes. Um, so, it, and that's where you get to sink your teeth into things. That's where you get to learn mm-hmm. um, as a director. You know, for me and Julie, this was such a good playing ground mm-hmm. where it was like, let's do some fun shit. Yeah. Um, and have fun and start, you know, work out stories and make some cool choreography and things yeah. like that. Um. So I think it's a great, great thing. Yeah. Um, one thing I don't think is great uh-huh. is low-budget Milky Way. Oh, man. Have you seen the Tumblr? <laughs> it's just my favorite. It's so It's just good. my favorite thing in the world. My fav- I'll put my favorite, absolute all-time favorite one in the, uh-huh. um, in the, show, in notes. the, the, the show notes. Where it's a giraffe. It's not a cow. Uh, uh, but that, that Tumblr such, needs to be... It's such heard. a hard one because... I know... It's such a halfway character, and, like, there's so many funny things about, you know, in the middle of Act 1, when the baker just picks it up by its handle and runs away with it, but there's so many funny things about, you know, it's a person inside of a suit, and then suddenly it starts doing the dance moves with everyone, Yeah, and, like, or, like, when it dies, and, like, it's hard to pick the right one. You know, know. my my favorite low-budget Milky White? It's not on the Tumblr, it's on the YouTube. Uh, is it the leg? It's the one where Jack knocks off the paper mache leg into the uh, audience. But also, just props that guy for going with it. Oh, like he man. really like that is a good lesson in ad libbing. Yes. right there. It's it's one of I don't I'm not usually a big fan of what people would term amateur theater bloopers. They usually yes. make my skin crawl. But that's yeah. one that is like such an accident. And everyone oh, sees just, it, and you're right yeah. there with them, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a ridiculous thing that shouldn't have happened yeah. in real life. What are you going to do now? 
Yeah, and he just he goes that he does really really well. Yep. But their mysterious man looks really weird. I mean, um, look just... at some of the original witches. It's not. It's not. There's there's precedent. Very true. Very very true. No, it's it's, it's just funny, and it's it's one of those things. Though I love going to see into the woodses. Oh, I would go see one in a heartbeat anywhere. Yeah, because I'm just like, what are you gonna do with it? Yeah. Absolutely. And I and think I that's so exciting. That's I don't know so if exciting. I quite feel that with any other show. I don't know if I would ever get bored of seeing the show live. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And I would see a like dirty, dirty amateur version of this. Not mm-hmm. dirty as in like dirty. Yeah. But like yeah. amateur amateur. Like you, I would I would kinda of be down with it. I have something scarier to say. <clears throat> I would oh be God. down going to see a junior version of this. You would just go for the act one? I'd go for the act one. Middle school is doing it. Because it's such a... Even Act 1 is a great story. And I am sad that it's missing Act 2. And I also Mm -hmm. don't think Act 2 is terribly inappropriate for the, the, you know, kids who usually just Mm -hmm. do the junior version. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's much more difficult. I think you could do a kid's version that has both, that is, you know, Mm -hmm. hacked and slashed down to an hour, but still has Act 1 and Act 2. Um but I still go just see Act One. Yeah, just to I mean, see kids fair. do it. But interestingly, I think Act One also has some heavy stuff in there. Oh yeah, that is like just really what we should do, my kids. And I'm going to talk about Little Red here. They kill the wolf. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, ask a wolf's mother. It's that point. We don't get to that in this story. It's just the wolf died because he's bad, That's bad old true. wolf. Yeah. Um. But so, what do you think about the whole um? sex thing i think especially so precedent was set with the original broadway production and the wolf yes. doubling with cinderella's prince and yes, we're, exactly. we're drawing a line there between sexed crazed men yes whether they wear a prince cl- prince's clothing or a wolf's clothing yeah there's we still have a lot of the same assumptions about them um, for sure so i think that's one thing i do you know, it, the story is about that. If we're talking about the Brothers Grimm kind of didacticism mm-hmm. moral of the story, don't talk to strangers because, you know, they... They'll steal your Hyman Blood Red cape. Yeah. Like, they're, it's it's right there. Um, and, you know, they don't shy away with it in the other places. So why shy no. away with it there? Um, and I do think, especially, so this is where I think, uh, the, uh, the, the dramaturgy, um, dramaturgy, this is where I think, this is where I think the dramaturgical structure of it is so important. Little mm-hmm. Red is the, is the key into our stereotype of these fairy tales. She's the first person yeah. to sing the words into the woods, into the woods yep. to grandmother's house. Um, like it's almost her theme to start us off mm-hmm. with, um, and she, like, we need some exposition of Cinderella getting the dress, but that might as well be part of the prologue. Um, mm-hmm. It's like prologue plus. And then yeah. we go straight into Cinderella. and Or, sorry. Then we go straight into Little Red. And mm-hmm. so, kind of kind of hitting us across the... Kind of hitting us across the face with that wolf outfit. Um, uh-huh. Which may not be the best choice of words. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, it's it sets you up with that beginning that like hey we're mm-hmm. you know this is not Disney's fairy tales like 
we're gonna go in we're gonna lean into this a little bit um yeah and you know no one's dying and it's also like the wolf doesn't sing anything too overt and it's like it's in that that kids movie realm still where like you can look past the dirty joke mm-hmm. um but it, it it's important dramaturgically to build us to that, to yeah. set us up for the deaths, to set us up for some of the darker themes we're going to hit later on by letting you know right away in a funny way, in a way that you can laugh at in an uncomfortable way, that mm-hmm. this this wolf is considering both Little Red and Granny as sex objects. Yeah. I just think, I think it's so important that you cover it. Yeah. Because it's a part of growing up yeah. that doesn't get talked about otherwise yes do you know what i mean it's little red is the story that you we explore that with yeah do you know what i mean yeah um and that's in the brothers Grimm mm-hmm. and also in into the woods i would say this is you know it's a huge part of growing up is exploring that side of things and maybe straying from the path and right. lingering a bit longer around some flowers yeah um you know it's it to me it is extremely important and also, it helps back up what happens in Act Two yeah. with Cinderella's Prince. Yeah, um, oh, and it it makes I know things now a more important song. It it is the metaphor of I know things now. Without that, I know things now is a song about how you know a, a cape and a hood aren't going to protect you from a furry mammal. Um, yeah, but with the metaphor. It's, you know, I I know things now, many terrible yeah, exactly. things that uh-huh. I hadn't thought to explore. Like, yeah. I've learned a couple things. You go through a little change. And yeah. I'm excited and I'm scared and I don't uh-huh. like it and I do like it and I weird. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Um, and again, I think very, very important that the wolf and the prince are played by the same actor. And I get, obviously, high school. Right. You can't do that all the time. And yeah. that's okay. I We didn't do it in our show. They were yeah. played by the same actor. And um, strangely, they didn't do it in um, previews. That's a Broadway edition, is the double. Interesting. Um, it was interesting. more, uh, like, I think, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think the mysterious man and one of the princes doubled, and the right? wolf... And then the narrator, narrator maybe? There was, like, weird, unintentional doubling. Um, Interesting. And then they swapped it for Broadway, and it made more sense. So just because of the fact that the characters are linked by their lines... Mm -hmm. um, So in um, Hello, Little Girl, um, he says... uh, um, Exploring something... One would be so boring. Yeah. Um, When he's talking to her about, you know, the paths and... You know, oh, it's fun to just explore as many as you can. Because um, in um, Moments in the Woods, mm-hmm. Cinderella's Prince then again says... The same thing. Uh, yeah. One would be so boring, just one. But, yeah, that's a, that's a surprise to me. Right. If they were, like, if they weren't linked originally. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, we're thinking about it with 2020 hindsight. They made a discovery at some point in the story and tied their story closer together. Mm. Like, how wonderful that they made this choice in their revisionary stages. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah, I just think, I think it's important just because the, the, it's the the two times in the show where they talk about sex. Yeah. You know? Um, but, it, you know, it's how overt you go with it is, is up to you. Yeah. We were reasonably overt in ours, but... It's always difficult, especially with it being such a high school show. I know, that's, that's I know. That's a sticky point. Again, <laughs> maybe not the best choice. Choices. <laughs> 
But okay, let's talk about death too, because that's the other, you know, sex and death. These are <laughs> let's talk about death. These Absolutely. are the dirty things. Um, I will say, and this was rolling around in my mind when we were talking about the baker's earlier. Um, the baker's wife's death is the only one that's not funny, um, and not that the other ones are like haha funny. Yeah. But at least as originally staged, and I would say in the script, you know, mm-hmm. Rapunzel's death is off stage with at least in the original Broadway a very distinct squishing Squelch. sound. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a cringe laugh. It's like ho oh, ho ho. Yeah. And like yeah. um Jack's mother gets bonked on the head in front of mm-hmm. people. Um mm-hmm. and you know, you can only because we know it's theater and the artifice is there. Like, she's mm-hmm. not actually dead. But the baker's wife dying is, you know, we see the beginning of it. There are screams. We know that death is already a thing. It's not, you know, you're not going to find anything accidentally funny about it, which is important, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. But it's... Definitely. You know, that was one of the big changes from the movie. They downplayed all the deaths except the baker's wife's um um disagree on that one sano yeah um yeah for sure um i will say tracy ellman's death was actually quite quite sad compared to okay uh, the maybe, original broadway where um, she runs off thingy, stage and there's right yeah no 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 tracy ellman played jack's mother sorry um she gets hit in the head on the original Broadway she gets hit in the head just like boom and she stood up straight take care of Jack does Tracy Ullman die in the movie I seem to remember that yeah she just disappears no Jack's mother totally dies on she screen? gets flung onto the yeah she gets flung onto the uh, the log and, and dies and then obviously that's when you know Jack finds out later and no one is alone I have, oh BT tells your mother's dead I have no I'm like memory of this I'm like 4,000 percent sure huh because that thing she says that like take care of Jack take care of Jack huh I have no memory of this granted I didn't yeah. I've watched the movie in theaters and never watched it again um, yeah that's fair um but yeah so so huh, then I get no other point because I'm wrong <laughs> no but other than that I, and it's it's weird because I think I think they almost downplay the baker's wife's death. Okay. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think it comes mostly after the fact. And yeah. this is something that I do find a bit weird and kind of challenging mm-hmm. um, in the show, anyway, because you go you come out of any moment, mm-hmm. death into your fault which is like a really fun exciting comedy song yeah. that the baker is taking part in yeah. and it's like he's suddenly forgot well about your fault that, is that is, is a dead. is a comedy song but it's a dark comedy song it's because of you there's a giant in our midst and my wife is dead like it's yeah, a no, shouty song for sure but then you know yes ha hmm things like that like yeah. which he has a light like things like that um it's just it's I don't know. I find I find it a little bit tricky. Yeah, that there. is a tough. I get. I totally get why it's there because you don't want to labor. You know, right? Like, then this we're because this otherwise it's that, and then last midnight, and then no more, and then mm-hmm. children will listen, and it's like from angry to sad. Yeah, the whole end of it. Yeah, too. exactly. And it's you know you're not you're not to labor over these deaths. That's yeah. that's kind of a key part of it. Yeah. Um, but actually, one thing I really love about it is that. Uh, you do get awkward laughs. Yeah. 
because it's that I mean it's that eternal thing of like with catharsis like you either laugh or you cry you yeah. you, you know you, you don't have the in between um, and I think in Into the Woods because they're these characters that you know and love it does feel uncomfortable you're like huh? oh she, yeah. she's dead <laughs> yeah. and it is a bit awkward and yeah. I think that's a really cool part of Act 2 of Into the Woods is uh, that things just get quite awkward I have I have so many I have lots of feelings about this um, on a yeah. bunch of different levels I think I can't remember if I talk about one of them in the show um, there's, it's the only moment I've ever felt this, this is going to sound snooty and I'll rephrase afterwards, <laughs> but it's the only moment I've felt really dissatisfied as an actor with a line never landing the way I want it to. Right. Um, okay. The, I'm Jack sitting in the tree with the baker during the, like, you know, your mother's dead, the steward killed him. Um, and oh, I can't remember the exact buildup. But at one point in the middle of uh, No One Is Alone, Mm -hmm. I have a line that's like, well, I'm going to kill him about like Mm -hmm. setting out to kill for the steward for the steward. steward. And I see it from the audience's perspective. I'm a kid, you know, I'm a seven, eight year old Uh kid. Like, no, I'm not. But from like i this is a dramatic moment and like i'm going to avenge my mother's death i'm gonna go kill mm-hmm. him and i could never it was always a laugh line and i never intended it to be a laugh line and yeah. it, it weirded me out i've never you know I, I don't get a lot of accidental laughs i feel like uh-huh. i'm pretty good at a punchline and knowing when it's going to be a punchline and setting that sort yeah. of stuff up and jack has plenty in the show and like yeah. my other roles have had plenty but that was when i was like i didn't expect it to laugh I don't know how I feel about it being a laugh line. I don't Uh, know if I should fix it. I don't know how to fix it because I thought I was being really earnest with it, which might have been what made it funny. You know, mm -hmm. it's strange. But I wonder that about moments, especially in the second half of Act Two. Yeah, I think. But I think that's it. It's 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 up to it's up to your audience. Yeah, you know how they take it, and a lot of it does really come down to the direction as to how how tense you make it. Yeah, Um, I I will. um, So to ask you, co-director, how did you end? um, No one is alone. No one is alone. We completed it. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is a point of contention across the board. If this is a thing you haven't encountered with the production, and I don't, it's been so long, I don't even know what it says in the score. Um, Um, It's no one is a okay. Um, So as as written, Sondheim pulls a Sweeney Todd. Where what happened? you decide what's good. You decide alone. But no, I don't know how we get to that point at the very end because this is one of the only verse course. Ver, mm-hmm. verse Hold course, him verse. to the light now. Yeah, let nope, him see the glow. Things will no, be all right. We're no. at the end of the show. Oh, no, that's the Sorry. end. That's too happy. Um, um, yeah. Oh, no. Um, hard to see the light now. Uh, just don't let it go. Things are like, Make it so. Someone um, is on your side. your side. And then as written, it goes, no one is. Boom, boom, boom. Giant, giant stuff. Ah, you know. Um, and like, there's a couple lines. They're like, quick, duck down. You know. And the idea is, this is an inappropriate place for an applause break. Um, this is your audience psychology bit. Like we don't want a button here. Whenever the audience claps, that brings us back into the theater and out of the action. Mm -hmm. And Sondheim plays with this all the time. And I think is a big proponent of like, if we need to be in the world right now, let's be in the world. And that's why the song doesn't end. 
but a mm. lot of people put the ending in. No one is alone. And they hit some nice four-part harmony and it's like, bum, bum, bing. So I've just said the score. I've just said score. It is actually in it. It is but in it? that's the licensed material. So mm. When we did it in high school, we didn't do that. Um, uh-huh. And I don't, there there have been different revisions of the licensed material of this too, which is a weird thing that I'm aware of in my life. Yeah, um, I'm a proponent of not ending that song and letting it go straight, boom, 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 into the next thing, because um, mm-hmm. that's a moment you want to string through. I'm also a proponent, which I think is a 2002 revival thing that I like. Um, that like you know they kill the birds. Um, it's a bit of the uh, wait, princes. Mm-hmm. Let me pause. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> let me pause. So they've written the music uh-huh. f- to complete it, uh-huh. but in the script, in the libretto section, uh-huh. um, it's just someone is in your side, we hear the giant approaching and the distance song is interrupted. So it's like optional again? Weird. That's weird that they don't specify too. That's just an incongruity on yeah. MTI's fault or whoever your yeah. British licensor is. Um, strange. Um yeah, but I think this string of moments is so important to me because then they kill the giant. Um, we see the big... I I hate the giant's head. Um, I'd love to not see the <laughs> giant die, you know, lights and so, sound and flashes. Yeah, well, plaudits to Julian. I was really <clears throat> proud of the way we did our giant. Yeah? Um, yeah, totally his um, idea. I think it was his idea. It might have been our lighting designer, but I think okay. it was him. Um, so we use shadow play. Hi. Yeah. yeah. So our theater, we were really fortunate to have a really deep theater. It wasn't the widest, but it was extremely deep. Mm-hmm. So we had set up a kind of um, psych, but it was uh, almost like camouflage, like okay. leaf cloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, like jungle cloth. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I could look it up in my Roscoe catalog right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get lots. Um, so we had that, and it uh-huh. was like perfect it was actually a proper serendipitous moment because we like built the set and there was like something missing because uh-huh. it was just the black wall um and the uh guy who like ran the theater was like oh, i think we've got like a cargo net let me just look and we're just <laughs> like oh my god get it on the bar right now and raise it up and it was perfect anyway so we yeah just like lit our giant and it was just her shadow oh that's cool that you saw and that's it like because nice. it was a way of getting big and she, it was actually a person so our giant mm-hmm. was like voicing and acting so yeah. that's how we did that's it. fun um i do so then giant falls and as written dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. and yep. jack's mother comes out usually i find to applause um mm-hmm. because she's not dead she's dead mm-hmm. but the actress is alive and ha ah, yes. happy ending and, and i think audience i think it's the curtain call right hey. yeah i don't like that um uh-huh. 2002 i think 2002 the broadway revival they changed the underscoring and the giant falls and it goes to this the slotted spoon can catch the potato dun 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 and it's so much better i love it so much more than the original broadway because it's like you're still un- you're still unsure. Is Jack's mother alive now, or uh, like, are we in the limbo at the end of a musical now? Did yeah. the did our um, 
quartet survive the their scuffle with the giant we don't know the music seems pretty ominous and then to see everyone come back with their moral and kind of get this reassurance is mm-hmm. a much better feel to me than the bright happy march of dun 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 uh-huh. dun, 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 dun right off the bat um yeah at a really important moment of the show because like this is where we start entering that you know patented hashtag limbo land that we end so many musicals in where yeah, people exactly. can be alive and dead and we can just sing some reprises all at once um yeah and so it's an important transition and mm-hmm. do it right yeah. wow there you go that's a message nothing's quite so clear now feel you've lost your way you decide but you are not alone believe me no one is alone. No one is alone. Believe me. Truly, you move just a finger. Say the slightest word. Something's bound to linger. Be heard. No one acts alone. Careful. No one is alone. Hey, speaking of messages, we've not really talked about the themes of this show. Have we, though? <laughs> I know. But this this is, I think this is, mm-hmm. it's a nice way to kind of, this would be the last segment. Yeah, it's a good, know. it's a good capstone. Good way to round it off. Because the thing is, is where do they start? Where do they end? Pick yeah. one theme. Just try it, buddy. Do like, they exist? Yeah. I mean, do they? Uh-huh. People, it's in, I think it's in his, either his postscript or his preface and look, I made a hat, but Sondheim talks about like, is the giant AIDS or does the giant mean something or is something yes, a symbol for he does, something he talks about it and uh-huh. or is it you know or does this mean something else and he basically mm-hmm. says like no but only because that's not what we meant like yeah. the giant is what you mean it to be uh-huh. um which is how every playwright should be like this we've we've just written a show and then you make yeah. it about what you want it to be about exactly exactly so many people say it's aids yeah um and i i don't think that what i think is it's just the big bad of the time mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it's it's whatever and it's is that it goes back to that epigenetic thing again of yeah. There's always something. There's exactly. always a giant. Exactly. Um, there are always wolves. There are always spells. There are always something or a giant dwells there. It's a, yeah. shame that's, it's a shame that's a two-syllable word. <laughs> um, but, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There's always that. And I think that's why people are like, ah, it's this. Ah, this is what you meant. No. Right. No, not at all. But the thing is, so that's what, you know, he wrote the giant. Mm-hmm. Where, where did he start 
meaning things. Right. Where did he start to use symbolism? Yeah. Does he ever? Yeah. Is he just writing a show? Yeah. And that's where I start to get a little bit like, whoa, because yeah. I I feel like we could have spent a whole podcast just talking about the themes. Right. Exactly. But there's not, you know, this is the cool, this hits me in high school world a lot. You're analyzing mm-hmm. a play and people will be like, well, did the playwright mean that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, did they actually intend for these lines in the glass menagerie to be deep metaphors about something, 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 something? Yeah. Um, yep. And my retort to that is like, it doesn't matter whether they meant it. It's more fun to talk about it as if they did. Yeah. Into the Woods is interesting because people have implied so many themes about it. And Sondheim has said his yes, no answer. His mm-hmm. like, it isn't, but it is. And it's what you want sort of thing. So like you yeah. have definitive primary source about this to say, like, make this your show. Exactly. Which is cool. Exactly. And I think in a weird kind of meta theatrical way, that ambiguity Mm -hmm. plays into the actual show itself because that is what i would say one of the biggest not themes but one of the biggest threads of the show right is ambiguity yeah people are sit everyone is sitting on the fence yeah maybe apart from the witch you could say maybe but even then even then she has her moments but even like on its simplest terms i say the slotted spoon can't hold much soup the slotted spoon can catch the potato potato. yeah what is what is that mean yeah is she talking about jack and him being an idiot but then finding his potato later on is she talking Mm -hmm. about her inability to have food in her (laughs) impoverished life maybe Uh yeah Uh, she's dead too why does she care about slotted spoons and (laughs) potatoes like exactly it's it's just a throwaway (laughs) line it's a funny line because potato is a funny sounding word um Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, and I uh, even like, um, and I know things now. You know, mm-hmm. um, you've got excited and scared. You've got, um, isn't it nice to know a lot? And also, it's not. And yeah, you, you get to the end of that song, you're like, ha, oh, yeah, okay. So, what do you mean there? Do you know, and at the end of every song, yeah, you're hit with another question. You're hit with a, huh. yeah, okay. So you you feeling good? Like on the steps of the palace, it's that. I'm not going to decide. He can decide. Yeah. And then see and what we'll work he'll it do. that way and we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, big, think... tall, terrible, scary, awesome, wonderful. Di- you know, yeah. there's a plethora of words that all are, are in complete antonyms. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's, it's everywhere in this show. Yeah. Everyone you're... is on the fence. Yeah. And in that w- that interesting gray area and finding a change that they can't quite define, but they can say all these words around. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to extend that out and look at Sondheim here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think this is something that Sondheim does all the time, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, yeah. since he got really good. Like, it, it's really, really interesting because he... And I think this is what makes Sondheim shows yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah. Is it's because you you're constantly thinking and you're right. constantly going back to be like i'm gonna crack it this time yeah damn it's another question yeah do you know what i mean if you think of something like sunday in the park with george where <laughs> it's yeah. about it's about art 
And right. what it means to be an artist, is it, is it good? Is it bad? Who are you hurting? Mm-hmm. Are you hurting people, but you're doing it for your art? If you look at something like company, mm-hmm. um, it's marriage, is it a good thing? Am I feeling happy about marriage? Am right. I settled? How, what is, is marriage? How do we define? Yeah. And I think it's important to draw the comparison. Please don't qualify my following statements as hate. You look at something like <laughs> Hamilton, where... Mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda goes in it with some pretty definite messages that he's trying to mm-hmm. communicate. And you can figure them out. Mm-hmm. You know, simple ones. Immigrants, they get the job done. Simple ones about, like, uh, you know, the founding of our country and comparing it to how things exist now through the use of contemporary rap motif and references yep. and allusions. And Hamilton is great and multi-layered and not mysterious. You can yeah. fully unpack it. Yeah. Sondheim shows it's like, are pretty uh-huh. unique in that you like can't. You can't Yeah, exactly. Them. You know, if I ever describe a Sondheim show, I'm often like, it's like amusing on this topic. It's like it's like a, a discussion on it is always a two way street. Yeah. Whereas something like Hamilton, it'd be like, Oh yeah, it's a bit legacy. Right. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. you just you hit it with that one thing. Yeah. I find it really, really difficult with any Sondheim show to just be like it's about this. Yeah. There's no, you know, I, I, I do. Hmm. We talk about that moral line, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they offer you, don't feed the plants. To love another person is to see the face of God. Yeah. Um, Into the woods is maybe careful the things you say children will listen. But also it's like. But speak to your children because it's important to teach them. It's also, and like where Little Shop of Horrors is about man-eating plants and the moral is whatever they offer you, don't feed the plants. And it's a metaphor about greed. Like in Into the Woods, careful the things you say children will listen. There aren't a lot of children in this show. No. There's maybe one or three or four, or where where are we drawing the line? Who's a child? The baker's mm-hmm. a child to his father, but I wouldn't call him a child. Rapunzel mm-hmm. has kids by the end of the show, but is the witch's? But the witch has a mother, you know. Like who? Which which children are listening? Who's saying mm-hmm. the things? Careful the things you say. Who's the you audience? Mm-hmm. Or is the witch singing about herself? Like careful the things I've said. Like and immediately. It's it's yeah. a, it's a, a package with no bottom that we try no to definitely unpack. and I think but I think that's it is even just like careful the things you say children listen it's not say this to your child right it, there's it's not a definite thing it's be mindful yeah and I feel like that's that's it is just like think about it yeah do you know what I mean with you know something like again with Sunday it's like think about yeah. your what you know yeah. the things you do for your art yeah. or the things you and, do for the things you love. I will say the success of Sondheim is that, and this, I'm going to, I threw shade to one side of the aisle or throwing shade the other way. Something Mm -hmm. like Great Comet, which Mm -hmm. also does evoke those kind of higher order, like, huh, what is life? What is my (laughs) comet? You know, like, that's maybe the moral of Great Comet. My mother would not leave Great Comet going like, oh, wow, what a what a fun show. I had such mm. a great time. What exciting characters who had 
interesting, you know, mischief that they did and came out of it the other end with, like, Mm -hmm. resolute finishes. Like, she might enjoy Great Comet, but wouldn't Mm -hmm. have as distinct, you know, suburban mom thoughts about it. You can Mm -hmm. leave into the woods and be like, man, what a great night at the theater. Everyone got their happy ending. Like, you you can stop in your understanding and be very satisfied with the show. Yeah. You can pick it up on a surface level and get tinges of the lying underneath sort of stuff, but still mm-hmm. leave it being like, huh, what are, you know, you can do that with Company, you can do that with Sweeney Todd, you can do that with mm-hmm. all of these shows, all of, you know, later song time, successful, popular song time, and leave it with a very base level, like, yes, successful, positive mm-hmm. night at the theater where I witnessed a narrative story that I followed and didn't seem weird and no Cirque du Soleil performer sat in my lap. Like, yeah. it, 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 the fact that it reaches all, it pushes all these buttons at the same time, that's not Yeah, right. yeah, oh, for sure. It's great. Jimmy, that was Into the Woods. It was. Happy My 50th, goodness. man. Happy 50th to you too, T. <laughs> Did you think... I also have a feeling we could do Into the Woods again for the 51st. Probably. And like the 100th, you know. Yeah, exactly. We'll, have... we'll just keep coming back. There'll be, there'll be a new Disney hollow deck movie of it by then, I'm sure. Yes. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think we'd ever make it to 50? Fifty. Um, yes, you're a very optimistic man. Thank you. No, I really <laughs> didn't. I didn't. But then it's strange because when we started, yeah, did I ever think we'd do more than one? No, I think the the last the last thirty five have felt so much easier than like the first ten. I don't know if that yeah. math works out, but you know. I totally understand what you mean. And it's it's just so strange. I think, and this will sound cheesy and tacked on, but it's not. <laughs> I think a lot of it is to do with the listeners. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because the interaction that we get is like, the is, is that it kind of is the thing that, oh, it sounds so cheesy and tacked on. <laughs> but I promise you it's not. I was bred to be charming, not sincere. Um, but no, it's, it's um, 
that's the kind of thing that keeps you going because it's like it's the people that you're talking to yeah if it was just us having a conversation it wouldn't be as exciting we'd get bored of each other yeah well and it is it's that exciting thing of like i i don't know if this happens in other places because i only live in musical theater but finding out that other people get your stuff right is fun yeah and learning it's a proper conversation i love it yeah absolutely love it and right you don't need to like say it loud but do you think it's like a better platform than youtube for this absolutely yeah i would agree because you get to have a conversation i feel like it's hard to have a conversation it's hard you don't youtube's not a conversation it's a performance yeah especially when when you're up at you know 50 gazillion thousand subscribers like you yeah. You made up like six numbers in that sentence. Speaking of 50 gazillion, yes. let's talk about 51. I got a quiz question number for you. Number 51. We're still going. We're not stopping. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. One of the collaborators on next week's musical has worked with yeah. a laundry list of famous musical theater names. I'm talking oh Lin-Manuel Miranda, Jeremy what? Jordan, Ramin no. Karamloo, Betsy Wolf. Annalie Ashford and Sierra Boggess, but Sierra Boggess, not in the way you think, Jimmy. What show could this be? It never is. It never is in the way we think. <laughs> it's always twisted. <laughs> oh, if you want to get in touch with us, come say happy birthday. Um, you can come and find me on Twitter at Asin Hendrix or YouTube at the same handle and i'm musical mash on twitter and musical theater mash on youtube or our show twitter jim and tomic and our show website jimandtomic.com which has a link to the reddit discussion where y'all are just great exactly and tell all your friends all about us we really 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 want to zig zig ah no we want to make this podcast <laughs> grow and grow and last grow and longer than through. the spice girls yeah, wow, that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah okay, let's do that. <laughs> um, and that involves you telling your friends all about it. And thank you for listening to us. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. You're very nice. I really like you. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting all blushy. <laughs> we'll, we'll be in your ears next week. Yep, see you then. Bye. Hey everyone, here's that teaser we talked about. It's for a new segment we're doing called Unsung Heroes. Not going to happen all the time, but the first one is available right now. And some of it sounds a little bit like this. Faster than a speeding Sondheim, this is Unsung Heroes! Where does the so, corn and the poop come in? So basically, classic time. Um, we, this is kind of like the start of the subplot, the main subplot, um, which kind of sees the yeah the the tension between Clara and Jeff. Um, and so 
basically what Jeff is doing um, is he's changing a nappy because what have they found is since moving to Pittsburgh, um, Clara at the school actually takes a little bit longer to come home. Mm-hmm. So Jeff comes home a lot earlier from work than expected oh, um, and has take- to help take care of Deacon. Yeah, the, the household um, duties. How progressive. They seem like a yeah, very progressive I wish. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 